And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins were shooting for a series sweep and looking to improve to a perfect 6-0 and this season against the visiting Washington Nationals. The Marlins checked in 17-19, and the Nationals at 12-26. and It was a wild game at Lone Depot Park that featured starting pitchers Pablo Lopez and Josiah Gray. With the recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Back with you on the 10th inning show. The Marlins fall to the Washington Nationals 5-4 in 10 innings here tonight. A wild night of baseball at Lone Depot Park. Coming in, the Marlins liked their chances for a series sweep more than anything because they had Pablo Lopez on the mound. Lopez, who came in 4-1 with a Major League Best 1.05 ERA. He had been absolutely dominant through his first seven starts of the season. He had allowed one or no runs in six of those seven starts, he had allowed just one run in 15 innings his last two times out. But he was in immediate trouble in inning number one tonight. Cesar Hernandez started the game with a nine-pitch at bat. And on the ninth pitch, he tripled to right field. So the Nats, who had lost their first five in a row against the Marlins this year, had a man at third with nobody out. Juan Soto then worked a walk. And with men at the corners, nobody out in the first inning. Josh Bell was the hitter. Now Josh Bell... Off to a good start for the Nats. Switch hitter batting left-handed. Ball gets away from the catcher. Stallings to the backstop. In to score Hernandez. Down to second base. Soto, 1-0 Washington. To his credit, though, down 1-0 with a man at second and nobody out. Pablo was able to minimize the damage. He got Josh Bell to fly to right for the first out. Soto advanced to third base. And Pablo then struck out Nelson Cruz and Yadiel Hernandez to get out of that inning, allowing just the one run, but he needed 30 pitches to get out of the first. 30 pitches, 17 strikes, one nothing Nationals after half an inning. But just like in the top of the first, the bottom of the first began with a triple. Jazz Chisholm tripling to right for Miami. So right out of the shoot, the Marlins had the tying man 90 feet away for Jesus Aguilar. The 1-0 pitch is in the air. To center field should be deep enough. Thomas under it makes the catch. Jazz tags, sprints toward the plate. Strong throw, but it's not in time. Jazz head first dive across home to tie the game at one. So Aguilar, good RBI man. He knows what to do. Knocks in his 18th of the season. 1 1 after one in the top of the second, though. The Nats grab the lead right back. Cabert Ruiz, who had three hits and two walks on base all five times tonight, hit a leadoff double. He would go to third base on a Michael Franco fly ball to right. With the infield in, Lane Thomas hit a ground ball toward first base. Garrett Cooper made a good diving play to his left to field it. Ruiz stayed at third base, and Coop hustled to the bag. Thomas was out two down, but Pablo could not get out of the inning. Man at third, two outs, facing Alcides Escobar. 2-2 to Escobar is lined down the left field line. That's fair, going to go into the corner for extra bases. Ruiz scores, and Escobar has himself a two-out RBI double to make it 2-1 Nats in the second. And then it looked like Pablo had thrown strike three to Cesar Hernandez. Pitch cast had a two-strike pitch as strike three, but Mark Carlson did not call it as such, and Hernandez would then make the Marlins pay. Lopez the kick in the payoff, and there's a ball ripped to right. Back goes Garcia. It's over his head. One bounce up against the digital board in front of the bullpen. 
In to score Escobar, an RBI double for Hernandez, and it's 3-1 Washington. Well, Pablo would get out of that inning, getting Juan Soto to ground to first, and then he would walk two but escape the third, but the top of the third would be the end of the line for Lopez in this game, his shortest start of the season. Pablo needed 82 pitches to get through three innings, and I just wasn't sharp. 44 strikes, 38 balls. He allowed three runs on four hits. Walked three, struck out two through a wild pitch. He left on the wrong end of a 3-1 to one score. Marlins got one run back in the bottom of the third against Josiah Gray. Miguel Rojas led off with a single. Went to third base on an Eric Gonzalez single. And then a wild pitch got Gonzalez down to second base. A hit batsman, Jazz Chisholm, hit by a pitch, loaded the bases with nobody out. Jesus Aguilar lined to short for the first out. Bases loaded one down for Garrett Cooper. The 0-2 to Cooper. In the air, left center field. Going to be deep enough to score a run. Thomas back just shy of the track in front of Auto Nation Alley makes the catch. Throw comes into second base. On to score Rojas, headed to third Gonzalez. A sack fly for Garrett Cooper, and it's 3-2. Tommy Nance out of the bullpen in relief of Pablo Lopez, and he threw two very important innings in this game. A 1-2-3 fourth. Then he pitched around a leadoff walk, retired the next three in a scoreless fifth inning. And it gave the Marlins a chance to regroup a little bit. Two scoreless from Nance tonight. And in the bottom of the fifth, down by a run, the first man to the plate was Jazz Chisholm. 3-2 to Jazz in the air. Well hit. Right center and deep. Thomas back at the wall. 3-3. Jazz Chisholm with his seventh of the season to tie it up. 3-3 into the sixth. Jazz had a big night tonight. We'll hear more from Jazz coming up. Dylan Floro allowed the first two men to single in the sixth inning, but was able to retire the next three. Into the seventh inning, Tanner Scott walked the leadoff man. Juan Soto got Josh Bell into a double play, then struck out Nelson Cruz. We went to the eighth in this game, 3-3. Anthony Bender started the eighth and couldn't get an out. Yadiel Hernandez singled. He then walked Caber Ruiz. Michael Franco singled, and the bases were loaded with nobody out. Tie game eighth inning. The batter was Lane Thomas. The infield shortened up. Cooper, Chisholm, Rojas, and Gonzalez. Two defenders on both sides of second base. Cooper's way off the line at first. The 1-1 to Thomas hit him. And the Nationals take the lead on a hit batsman in the eighth inning. It's 4-3. So Bender faced four. Allowed two hits, a walk, and a bases loaded hit by pitch. He was relieved by Cole Solster. What a job Solster did, inheriting a one-run deficit and the base is loaded with nobody out. He struck out Alcides Escobar for the first out and then went after a very hot hitter for the Nationals, Cesar Hernandez. Runners lead, Ruiz from third, Franco from second, Thompson from first. One hopper to short, Mickey has it to Jazz, one back to first, and they doubled him up. Ball was hit hard enough for the Marlins to go six to four to three. What a piece of pitching by Cole Solcer. There was no save in it, but he saved the day, not allowing a run after coming in with the bases loaded and nobody out in the eighth. Now, they did score a run before he came in, so the Nats will take a 4-3 lead into the bottom of the eighth. Kyle Finnegan got the bottom of the eighth, and he retired Cooper Garcia and Anderson in succession, sending this one to the ninth with the Nats up 4-3. Top of the ninth, Dan Castano retired the big three. Soto, Bell, and Cruz in succession. So he went to the bottom of the ninth, the Nationals four and the Marlins three. Nats trying to 
win this game after losing the first two in the series and the first five in the season series. They sent their closer, Tanner Rainey, out there in search of save number four in the season. Jesus Sanchez led off the bottom of the ninth though with an infield hit. He was two for four tonight. Jacob Stallings struck out to end an 0-for-4 night for him. That ended a career-best seven-game hitting streak. But then, with one on and one out, Rainey walked the next two hitters, Miguel Rojas. They pinch ran Brian De La Cruz for Miggy. And then Eric Gonzalez. So with one out in the ninth, down by a run, the Marlins had the bases loaded, and Jazz Chisholm was the batter. The 2-1, and it's lined back at the middle right there. The shortstop knocks it down, chases it down, throws the first, not in time. Sanchez beat it. He got the fastball at 97, shot it right back at the middle where Escobar was positioned, but that ball was hit so hard it went in and out of his glove. Well, that was the Sanchez hit that began the ninth inning. That was then followed by the strikeout of Stallings and the walks to Rojas and Gonzalez. So let's try this again. Bases loaded, one out. Jazz Chisholm was the batter. Two for two on base four times, has an RBI, two runs scored. Tying man at third, winning man at second. Bases loaded, one out in the ninth, and Jazz is swinging a drive to right field. Soto going back, makes the catch. Runner tags from third, coming to the plate. It's a sack fly for Chisholm, and we are tied at four in the bottom of the ninth. Now the throw came all the way through to the plate, and the runner stays, and they're gonna call him out on the appeal at third! They call him out on the appeal at third, and the Nationals win. The Nationals win on an appeal to third base. The third baseman, Franco, immediately pointed to the dugout. As soon as Sanchez left, you could see Franco pointing to the dugout. Here we go. They've overturned the call. It's a sack fly for Jazz Chisholm. It's a 4-4 game. They've overturned the call. The Marlins challenged Chris Guccione, the third base umpire, who had rendered the verdict that Sanchez left third base before the catch by Soto in right field. It took a long time for us to finally see a replay where he had the catch and the tag simultaneously. I said at the time, for Chris Guccione to make that call, he had to be 100% certain that Sanchez left third base early. Well, the replay and still photos make it apparent that he was wrong. And for the command center in New York to overturn Chris Guccione's call in such a big spot, that indicates how apparent it was that Guccione blew that call. So it winds up being a game-tying sack fly for Jazz Chisholm. Jazz, who was playing under the weather tonight, hit a triple, a homer, had a sack fly, was hit by a pitch, drew a walk. He was 2-for-2 two two on base four times, had two RBIs, scored twice. And when Jesus Aguilar grounded back to the pitcher, the Marlins were done in the ninth, but they had tied the game. A blown save for Rainey. We went to the tenth, deadlocked at four. First time since opening day, the Marlins played extra innings. First time since last year, the Nationals played extra innings in this ballgame. In the tenth, Nelson Cruz was due to be the placed runner at second base to begin the inning for the Nationals, but they pinch ran with D. Strange Gordon. The Nationals played some small ball. They decided to bunt Victor Robles, and he got the sacrifice bunt down. That got Gordon to third with one out in the 10th inning, trying to snap the 4-4 tie. Cabert Ruiz, who had a big night at the plate. 2-0, line drive past Anderson down the left field line. The Nats have the lead. Gordon's in to score. Ruiz is in at second base with a go-ahead double in the top of the 10th. For Cabert Ruiz tonight, a single, two doubles, two walks on base all five times. 
That RBI, his 11th of the season, he scored a run, and the Nats had the lead. They were looking for more still with a man at second and only one out. Michael Franco grounded out the first base, advancing Ruiz to third. So they had a big insurance run, 90 feet away, two outs top of the 10th when Castano went after Lane Thomas. Played extra innings before tonight. There's a ball in the air to left field coming on and making the sliding catch. What a play in left. Brian De La Cruz. A tremendous play to save a run. De La Cruz just into the game in this inning. He pinch ran last half inning, racing in toward the infield, sliding, made the catch. He snow coned that baseball in the palm of the glove. Wow, right near the heel. What a play. So the Nats get a run, but only a run. And so the Marlins were down by only a run into the bottom of the 10th. Jesus Aguilar was due to be the placed runner. Don Mattingly pinch ran with pitcher Anthony Bass. So Bass, the tying man at second, nobody out. Bottom of the 10th inning, Garrett Cooper facing Victor Arano. And Coop grounded to short for the first out on the very first pitch. Bass couldn't move up, so man at second with one out. Avi Garcia, then a fly ball to center for the second out. Bass tagged, advanced to third. So the Marlins were down to their final out. Tying man 90 feet away. Last of the 10th. Their last hope was Brian Anderson. The 2-1. Anderson taps one past the mound. Going to be a tough play for Escobar. He's got it. Hurries the first big stretch out. And the Nationals win on a bang-bang play at first. Nicely done by Escobar. Anderson's out 6-3. And the Nationals escape town with a victory. 5-4 the final in 10 innings tonight at Lone Depot Park for the Nats. Five runs, nine hits, no errors, 10 left on base. For the Marlins, four runs, seven hits, no errors. They left eight. Miami 0 for 9 with men in scoring position in this game. Tanner Rainey, a blown save in the win, 1-1. One one. Dan Castano, the tough luck loser, after pitching a 1-2-3 ninth. He allowed the placed runner to score in the 10th. He's 0-1. For Victor Arano, his first save of the year. Time of the game, 3 hours, 56 minutes. The Nats with the win improved to eight uh, to 13 and 26 on the season. Now eight and 11 on the road. Marlins had one four of six coming, and they fall to 17 and 20, dropped to nine and 10 here at Lone Depot Park. The Nationals one and zero in extra innings. The Marlins zero and two in extra innings. For the Marlins, their major league leading 17th one run game of the season, and their major league leading 12th one run loss of the year. Now five and 12 in one run games. 0-2 in extra inning games. They fall to 3-3 three three in the homestand with this 5-4 loss to the Nationals. Jazz hit a home run in the fifth inning. The Marlins now have hit at least one home run in each of the last 12 consecutive games. That matches the longest streak in Major League Baseball in 2022. The Cardinals had a 12-game run that just ended yesterday in Game 2 of their doubleheader against the Mets. The longest such streak in Marlins history, 14 games in 2008. They've also had two 13-game streaks, both in 2009 they will look to match 13 in a row with a long ball when they host the Braves Friday night, start of a three-game series here at Lone Depot Park after the day off tomorrow. The Marlins and Honor Nation again partnering here in 2022, working together to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to Honor Nation's Drive Pink Initiative to support cancer research. Tonight, 6K is $150 more for this season. 325 strikeouts by Marlins pitchers meaning $8,125 to Auto Nation's Drive Pink initiative. 
That was a crazy ball game at the ballpark last night. Unfortunately, the Marlins on the wrong end of it. Before we hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly, let's take a quick commercial break. Back with you on Marlins Rewind this morning. Let's hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins lost to the Nationals last night. Don, yeah, a lot happened in that game, especially towards mm. the end there. How would you describe just the emotions of a game like this with everything going on? Uh, I don't know about the emotions at the end, right? A lot was going down, but kind of all day long, you know, starting off with, with Pablo. Um, you know, obviously a little bit of a clunker today. And first time of that uh, all year, but it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen probably two or three times to pretty much all of them. Um, from there, obviously, the pin does a nice job, you know, coming in and keeping us in the game and kind of holding it right there. Um, we climbed back in it and get it tied and just weren't able to get over the hump really from there. Uh, obviously, the end was, you know, a little crazy, but. It was good to see us get it tied up there in the ninth. Um, yeah, and just weren't able to get that next hit. With that call in the ninth, once the phone rang and you guys knew it was going to replay, how confident were you that that's going to get overturned? Nah. <laughs> 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 About confident, but um, yeah, Austin thought he did. You know, our message from our guy was that he didn't think he left early. Um, and obviously, when we're looking at the replay out there, you don't know. But you do feel like it's one that, like MLB, I feel like this. I don't know exactly, like, the overturns and that ought to be. It's like they just got to make the call there, I would think, on that one because it's a game, right? Uh, if you can't say, well, it's too close or whatever, you got to kind of make the call from there. So I was hoping that it would go our way. And It's rare. Like, you see a guy leave that early, and it wasn't like one of those that you had to really cheat too much. You know, you felt pretty confident that it was deep enough. So, yeah, I wasn't totally confident, but I was optimistic. Have, I mean, obviously it didn't end the game, but have you ever experienced that in your years of baseball, that situation where they thought, I guess, the tying run, you know, that would have been the final out like, in that way? I don't, I don't remember uh, <laughs> having that, no. <laughs> it's been some stuff going on lately. Uh, that I haven't seen before. Uh, but that's what they say about this game, right? You see something every day that you've never seen before. The guy strikes out the other day and the ball gets caught under the pad and we get a base out of it. You know, it's kind of like, really? So, I hope it doesn't happen to us the other way. Jazz uh, tripled, homered, you know, gets drives home that run. Um, was, he, was he doing okay? Because that TV show, he was kind of like, is he had like a towel. There's a little, you know. Was he like feeling all right? Even though he, no, what, he wasn't feeling great. Um, I know he said he had chills all day or something like that. I'm sure you'll end up talking to him, but he said he had chills all day long. So I told him before the game. Sometimes you have your best game when you don't feel great. It's a pretty good game today. Yeah. yeah. In spite of that, he. Yeah, he's very relaxed, yeah. you know, and he's relaxed anyway. But yeah, sometimes I think your focus goes up when you don't feel great. Man, you just kind of get through it and just kind of, you know, battle through the day. At, uh, I guess, at what point, you know, you start planning, okay, I've got the short bench, you know, you want to be careful with Solaire back. Uh, Bass is going to be my pinch runner if we get to that. That happens quick. And I didn't, that didn't, that comes, that's pretty much spontaneous. We talk, I'm like, Mel, we got anybody that can run out there because I'm looking at Aggie at second, you know, the inning before I knew he made the last out. 
it's kind of like the same Nellies on their side, and they got decorded, and I didn't really have anybody. So, yeah, that was, you know, and they actually did a nice job uh, tagging good read on that ball to center. Um, you know, slid, didn't get hurt, so it's all good. Bender in the eighth. Um, where do you think, what have you seen from him, and where do you think his struggles are coming from specifically tonight? Uh, tonight it looked like he just overcooked some stuff. He's been actually been pretty good in the roles we've been using him in, I think. Uh, you know, kind of getting, trying to find right-handed pockets for him and things like that. Um, you know, we were pretty limited tonight on what we wanted to do. Um, but tonight was just so, you know, it was one of those nights that nothing kind of went his way, right? Didn't get the ball where he wanted. Like, you know, he's good when he's in the middle and letting the ball feed down, right, in, in one way or the other. And tonight he just didn't, it seemed like he had more run, you know, than anything else. I think I asked you about him after his first couple of times out, but Nance continues to impress. What are you guys seeing specifically that he features that you guys are pleased with? No, his stuff's good. He's got a couple of different pitches that we, you know, that are really, you know, high quality pitches. Um, yeah, he's got power stuff. He got power curveball and, and teams, you know, honestly, the league doesn't really hit the breaking ball anymore. It's more cutter, slider. They don't see that big, hard breaking ball uh, as much. Uh, get the kid the other day from Milwaukee threw it, the lefty, and we were like amazed by it. Right? You just kind of, you just don't see it enough now. You don't see that power curveball. That's a power downer that he has. Uh, so, and and we feel like that that can work in left and right-handed pockets, where you. You know, he has to face that lefty. That the ball going down is the ball going down. So he's been pretty good. And Donnie, you used five relievers yesterday's game. Today, um, seems like the bullpen was used a lot as well. Can you talk about the importance of tomorrow's off day and getting ready for the series against Atlanta? No, it comes at a good time from yeah. the standpoint of of bullpen. Um, we had a couple, like you know, we had a couple guys down that obviously didn't pitch today. We, we pushed a couple guys, and you talk about Bender; he's one of those guys we pushed a little bit. He went one plus last night, and we're back out there, uh, so we knew that wasn't the perfect situation. But uh, you know, we had a number of guys like that. But I think the off day is coming at a good time for us to give those guys a breather. Don Mattingly after the Marlins lost to the Nationals. Before we wrap things up, let's hear from starting right-hander Pablo Lopez, who suffered the loss and what was probably his worst outing of the season, just did not have a good feel for the baseball last night. Pablo, shortest start of the season, obviously, not going to be perfect all year long, but what would you attribute your struggles to tonight? Yeah, overall, not a very good start. Kind of disappointing, but I think the main thing was that Obviously, something wasn't right, and I kept searching and searching for it rather than just competing. You know, I think that's where I got caught up in the moment. I was just, I was trying to search for something to click, and then while I was searching, obviously they, they, uh, the Nationals, they stayed true to their plan. They made me uh, raise my pitches in the strike run. They did their damage. I think that's where I got caught up. I just tried to search for something that wasn't there tonight instead of just competing with, with what I had. And then just, yeah, I, w- I was battling myself as I was battling the offense. What specifically were you searching for? Uh, just like the feel, the feel for stuff. I think today's been the least comfortable I felt on the mound so far. And obviously it was an, an odd feeling. So I just, I was trying to recreate some stuff instead of just keeping it simple, you know, simplify. Simplify is a, is a 
keyword that I use sometimes to make sure that I do not try to overdo at times. So I think I was just trying to find something that wasn't there tonight. And then just, um, I didn't attack the strike zone. I didn't execute. I left too many pitches in, over the heart of the strike zone. And, you know, and overall the consistency of like the strikes and the quality of strikes weren't there. Was the feel for your changeup one of the things that you're struggling to find? Yeah, yeah, I think the feel for the changeup was one of them. Obviously, for them to they they had a good plan against it, and for me to make them make them swing at it, I have to offer it. I have to show that I have that I can throw it for strikes instead of just trying to make them chase it. And I think I did not do that very well tonight. I think a lot of the changeups where they were just laying off of them and they were not in the strike zone. So I think I never gave myself a chance to let them know that I, I can I, I can throw four strikes and then expand with it. I think I just went straight to expanding with it, and they had a really good plan to stay with it, and it worked out for them. That was Pablo after the Marlins lost to the Nationals last night. The Marlins are off today, back in action tomorrow night at 640 versus the Braves at Lone Depot Park. It'll feature Charlie Morton and Trevor Rogers to get us going. We'll be on the air at 610 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us in the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.